Listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for The Last Witch Hunter. <clears throat> My name is Tom Chick, and I have brought along tonight Christian Malinsky. Hey, don't worry about my name. Just call me Dolan Three. And with our The Last Witch Hunter tagline, Kelly Wand. It's like Fast and the Furious and Riddick, except in this one, Vin Diesel's character's tough. Kelly Wan, do you accept uh, guest taglines? Yeah, especially for this one, since I saw it dubbed, so I don't even get Dingus's joke. All right. Dole here, three. Here, here's yeah, my, go. Here's a, my submission. January comes to October. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Can I, can I had to I, think about it. Yeah, can, can keep do going. One? Yeah, you're, you're rolling. Here we go. Riffin. Thanks, Fast and Furious. Does that one make sense or no? No. Oh, really? I don't even get January comes to October. <sighs> Dingus does He's saying it. Really? Yeah, did Kelly want to explain it to Dingus. When you put cowboy boots on, the le- the condom goes over the... No, he's <laughs> saying the Kellen Lutz Hercules movie. Ooh! <laughs> I better take this one. Any- Dingus, the idea is that it's like a, a kind of movie that would be released in January. What's your other one mean? Oh, I don't think this movie would have been made if it wasn't for the, the success of the Fast and Furious movies. Like, I, I think yeah, the fact certainly, that, yeah, yeah. So, hence, thanks, Fast and That's Furious. That's a little too spot on. Okay, I'll, I'll rework that I one and come back. First one. Yeah. If I don't have to think about it, it's not as good. Right. I was afraid I was, I was missing some sort of January Jones joke. Nope, January is first and foremost, Dingus, a month. It's only secondarily hmm. uh, an actress from an X-Men movie. Okay, fair enough. Kelly Wan, are there backup taglines, or between the, the two of us, did we get three of them for this week? Are we good? It's like Game of Thrones, because Ygritte's in it. You know nothing, it's, Kelly Wand. Uh Finally, a movie that taps into my fears of trees. Uh, what about that William Friedkin thing, where uh, there's a killer tree? And Poltergeist, come on. Try harder, Kelly Wand. <laughs> Wait, what's the Friedkin one? Friedkin made a movie about a killer, <laughs> uh, about a nanny who turns into a killer tree. I've never actually seen it. <laughs> a Did nanny? You? Yeah, it's like some mysterious nanny. She's like in touch with. That with... sounds like she'd be a good nanny, though. Well, but she, I think she eats kids. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, some jokes that, about that flies. There's a lot of flies jokes to be made. Well, Dingus, <laughs> give us a tagline. Go for it. We're, we're taking submissions this week, Dingus. All right, Queen of the I'll Flies. Like... Mm. <laughs> dingus, let us, let us handle the taglines, Dingus. All right, fair enough. I will. Queen of the Elder, Flies. Queen of the Flies. Deal What's with it. What's that mean? Yeah. Uh, unpack, that... unpack that for us, Dingus. Did you not watch the movie? You, you I watched just... it, but I heard it in German. You don't just take something from the movie, Dingus, and make a tagline. Yeah, but Lord of the Flies. Oh, never mind. You know, oh, you, that's right. You did something uh, else. Oh, he, that was a Lord of the Flies riff. Wow. Queen yeah. was a female version of Lord. Yeah. Instead Dingus, of Lady Dingus. of the Flies, which would have made a little... Like, we would have gotten Lady right. of the Lady Flies. Right, Lady of the Flies would have She's an worked. actual queen. queen. Or, 
Dingus doesn't understand the difference between a lord and a king. Like, it could be that Dingus doesn't understand the, the structure of a monarchy because we live in America here. Which January comes to October. Okay, Dingus, you just made me, made me think too much. Tom's didn't make me think enough. So you got to stick to the Goldilocks zone of January comes in October. What's a baronet? Speaking of Goldilocks, uh, uh, have you guys seen the trailer for the new Hunger Games movie? Yep. Like they There's... show they show all the Hunger Games like up to this. Oh no no I'm sorry not Hunger Games I'm such an idiot. What's the shaming the, the shaming Woodley thing? The Insurgent. Different... Right 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 yeah all the Insurgent series it, it, the the trailer for the latest Birds. one it's like the the greatest hits of all like Insurgent Divergent like it shows clips from the, the Verge from, trilogy from the previous movies and what it looks like to me as I'm watching it. Uh, it's like the, the, the greatest hits of Shailene Woodley's hairstyles. Which is it kinda, really does. It's kind of cool. Uh, that actually sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. I'm I would watch curious that. about because it looks like a lot of things can be levitated, and I didn't realize Kate Winslet was going to be in it. So. Oh, wow. well, and also, uh, I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's zombies in it. Like the next Insurgent movie has, or whatever, has zombies in it. Like, oh, You're making it sound really good. It's weird how you. It's a weird. Wait, super you know what? Here. No, I think now I'm confusing it with the Hunger Games. I think the next Hunger Games has zombies. <laughs> the Insurgent movie is the greatest. The trailer is the greatest hits of Shailene Woodley's cool hairstyles. Zombies apply to both those titles because they're both insurgents and they're hungry. Hmm. Well, on that note, uh, Dingus, what did we see this week? Are we going to do an IMDb Opsis? Oh, right. Kelly Wan, do you have an IMDb Opsis for us? Yeah, this is something no one saw long, many weeks ago. It's right. more fun that way. All right. <laughs> Give it to us. Uh, I'm not sure what movie this is. That's your hint. In the year 1693, three sisters, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah, were executed for their unforgivable witchcraft. <laughs> One fateful Halloween night, that unpleasant honor went to adorable little Emily Banks, sister of teenage Thackeray, who immediately ran to his sibling's aid when he heard she'd been lured by Sarah Sanderson to the witch's home in the woods. This was not a well-thought-out plan, though, and the cost was not only the life of his sister Emily, but his own humanity as well. Emily's life force was drained from her body by the three Sanderson witches, and big brother Thackeray Banks was transformed into an immortal black cat, Cursed to live forever with the guilt of his failure to save his sister, exclamation point. Okay, Mike, I'm ready. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it that darn cat? No! Oh, okay. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get it. Although, you know what? Is it, is it Hocus You're Pocus? Crap. Good, Dingus! You're, you saved us from a lot of bad writing. I was kidding. It's not really that. I thought it would have been that, is. that Stephen King book that we uh, like so much. It's the last part of it says with the fate of all the children of Salem hanging in the balance, but the children of Salem are the ones who started the witch trials. So why would we root for the children of Salem? I can't remember the Stephen King book that makes me freak out so much. What is it? What Stephen King book? What are you talking about? The Stephen King book about the Salem thing, Salem Salem's Lot. Oh, that's, I that's thought not it was about Salem. That's I know, about. But I thought it would have been Salem's Lot. I didn't think it would be Hocus Pocus. I was kidding. Thing is, Salem's Lot isn't about witches; it's about vampires. You should and read it's it. It's not sometime. a movie, either. Yeah. So you, you blundered your way into the Sarah Jessica Parker. It's not a movie either. <laughs> Salem's it's not, it's not a movie. It's a TV. It's a TV show. And also, show. I haven't seen it. <laughs> 
You haven't seen Salem's Lot, but you've seen Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he's trying to do a movie quote. Dingus, why don't you tell the folks what movie we saw this week? All right, this week we saw The Last Witch Hunter. Yeah, we did. Uh, Witch Hunter is not one word. When I first wrote it down, I thought Witch Hunter would be one word, and then I kept trying to figure out how many H's to put in, but it's not that. In German, it's uh, The Last Hoxenjäger. I don't know how to say the in German, though. It's their hardest word. Uh, so le- this week we saw The Last Witch Hunter, a 2015 American action-adventure fantasy supernatural movie about how stupid and useless iPads are. The movie was directed by Breck Eisner <laughs> and written by Corey Goodman, Matt Sazama, Ampersand, Burke Sharpless. It stars Vin Diesel... Rose Leslie, Olafur Dare Olafsson, uh, Julie Engelbrecht, um, and Joseph Gilgun. Uh, the Last Witch Hunter <laughs> is rated PG-13 for sequences uh, of fantasy violence and frightening images. Hmm. You know, Tom knows who Julie Engelbrecht is, so I don't know why you're poo-pooing that, Kellyland. I don't know who anybody is. All right, fair enough. My guess about my guess that uh, Kelly's wand about Julia Engelbrecht would be this comment. Still interested. <laughs> Which one is she? The uh, one who loses her face? She's the titular character. Uh, actually, she's one of the titular characters. Right. She's not the hunter. She's the witch. She's the queen. I of like. The, or as Dingus would say, the, the the lady of the witches. The queen of the flies. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The last witch hunter. Uh, wait. I had a knife. I had a fun idea. Um, you have to make up an uh, an MPAA rating topic. An MPAA. Like uh, something that would be on that you could add to the list that Dingus says. Right. Uh, uh, violence against insects. Mine's frown lines. Tom. <laughs> uh, Rose Leslie's high heel boots. Uh, the Last Witch Hunter is at 14% positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, it's at 34. Oh, that's a big spread, actually. I'm sure it made a lot of money, though. Let's check out the box office. Last Witch Hunter opened at number four with $11 million, which is particularly notable because it had a huge release. Like, like a lot of wide releases are like 2,500 theaters. This was over 3,000 theaters. Uh, and it, it, it tanked. It's uh, no quit. doubt. I mean, I've seen billboards for it forever. All you, all up and down our road, all over the place. So much so that my kid is like, wait, is that called The Last Witch Hunter? Or is that called Vin Diesel, The Last Witch Hunter? What is that called? <laughs> uh, Kelly Wand, I would like uh, Last Witchopsis Huntopsis. I don't know. Is that is that what a Last Witch Hunter synopsis would be called? That's your segue from what Dingus said? <laughs> His kid saw, saw a billboard. Right. Saw the actor's name. Right. You want the opsis. Uh, yes, I would like, because uh, I've been waiting for this. I'm looking forward to this, actually. Uh, all throughout the movie, I was, two things. I was super tickled <laughs> at the idea of you watching it in German. And there were, there were times throughout the movie I would just start, like, giggling, imagining you sitting through certain scenes having no idea what people were saying, but it being dubbed in bad German. Uh, 
And the second thing is, I, I was totally looking forward to the synopsis as I watched it. So let's cut to the chase. Kelly Wand, what would you call a Last Witch Hunter synopsis? Last Witch Humpsus. Awesome. Rock and roll. You know what? The Both your things are related. Like, the opsis based on me watching the German dubbed version without subtitles. Right. Baked. So, um, in can a way, we, it's one th- Can we share later, Tom, our favorite lines that we wonder what happened in the German version? Well, there's going to be a quiz about some of the writing <laughs> in this movie. I'm going to pit you and Kelly Wand against each other in a, a mortal combat to to the winner or loser of uh, whether or not certain lines are good writing or bad writing. Okay, good, because I, I have a couple of lines that I, in particular, I was wondering, what is Kelly Wand hearing right now? Right. Are, is your con- contest the German version of the lines? Uh, I know, but I can say it with a German accent if that helps. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I've seen your Harvard work. <laughs> I mean, last witch humps us. Vin Diesel walks on screen, and after waiting for the film director to vacate his chair, sits in the director's chair, it says Vin Diesel on it. I am actor and creator Vincent Diesel. You are welcome. As we all recall, the most tear-jerking moment in Fast and the Furious 7 occurred when I drove off a cliff in a dune buggy and survived by flexing my arms. Although I am certain that if I'd done so in real life, I would not have needed to flex. Recently, I told Lionsgate Studios that I was interested in having them pay for a movie about my D&D character. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot recall what they said. I then went to TSR and told them I was interested in making a movie based on the character I played during my White Plume Mountain session with Dame Judi Dench in late autumn of 013. She reached level three, by the way, although I disapproved of the extent to which she verbally role-played her half-orc courtesan. I then Skyped both the studio and TSR and put their receptionists on conference call to inform them that the already existing D&D character classes were not powerful enough to contain my personality, that for this film, I would require them to design my very own exclusive class, a class that would make people say, Vin Diesel plays a what? I also told them it needed to be said in modern times, as the medieval era, like most nerd shit, holds zero interest for me. One weekend of shooting later, the following is what we had to work with. A PA hands him a plastic sword. He raises it. CG lightning farts from the blade and forms letters in a Helvetica font that spell out, The Last Witch Humpsis! Cut to more Vin Diesel. Now he has a long black beard and dreads, and he's wearing a fur cloak in the snow, so we know all this happened in 2011. He's leading a column of extras in fur cloaks through a blizzard. He stops and makes a fake hand gesture, so they also stop. Then he points. They all look at his hand. He points some more until the camera cuts to a shot of a CG tree. The music's all, aw, shit. Wow, the music has soul. Brothers and sisters. I laid over to Nicolas Cage in his night outfit sitting beside me (laughs) and go, so far everything that's happened is plausible. Vin Diesel's all, behold what I alone noticed of this group standing directly ahead of us. 
the famous tree of witchcraft. To defeat it, we must use the only weapon effective against trees. Swords. They go into the tree. Some shit attacks them, but they use CG against it. Although I think one guy catches fire. Witches love fire. That's what we learn in Wizard of Oz. Then Diesel's all. Non-last witch hunters, use your heightened witch hunting senses to sense where the witches are. They may be well disguised as crones with long noses shooting magic at us from their fingertips. <laughs> I believe there are two of them. One old and the other also old. Two witches per tree. The rules are well established. Ah, there they are. Witch hunters, deploy counter CG on my signal. Signal. The witch hunters fail miserably and are all dead within seconds, including Vin and his wife and daughter, who are both there wearing bonnets. He's all bonnets and walks into a hole. He lands at the bottom with a dubbed German grunt. Fortunately, though his descent was over 40 feet, his skeleton breaks his fall. A witch leans over him. She's all, For the crime of annoying my tree, I hereby penalize you with a fate more horrible than death, immortality and great strength. She belches CG on him. Nothing happens for 700 years, just like RL. Vin Diesel's riding an airplane in the rain. He hits the sex later button on his chair. The icon flickers and beeps. A stewardess is all, Sir, for the 90th time, you don't need to hit that every five seconds. He's all, Speaking of my penis, I just saw a gremlin on the wing. Although in this movie they are known as witches. Although this particular witch resembles a round CG blooper. Oh, that's cool. Should I notify the pilot or air traffic control? Or The wing explodes. She's all, oh, good thing we weren't out on that wing. Knock on wood. She makes a fist and, knacks, <laughs> and taps his acting. <laughs> the plane starts diving and exploding and farting. He's all stewardess, a round piece of tinfoil and some marijuana. Presently. There's buttons on your armrest for those. Technically, I'm not allowed to accommodate you until you... Okay, here you go. He kicks the movie's director out of a seat in business class, lowers the tray, and begins making a joint. Then he sprinkles CG in it. A kid drooling at him a few seats up stares hungrily at the foil. He winks at the kid. The kid's dad sees this and scowls at him. Vin's joint and his wink make the witch disappear. The plane crashes anyway off screen as we cut to a gun played by Maggie Smith riding in a car. She's all, Driver, get me to my destination. I have time to lose, but still. Maggie Smith finds a hotel lobby with assholes in it. She goes to the concierge and goes, Get me Vin Diesel's room number, damn you. The concierge is all, Maggie Smith, oh yeah, there was a message for you. Here, I'll read it aloud for fun. It says, wait for stewardess to cross lobby. <laughs> Maggie Smith's all, <laughs> Damn it! She sits and waits. Eventually, the stewardess from the plane scene earlier emerges from the elevator and walks past him to the exit. She has her uniform still on and is dragging her luggage behind her because Vin didn't bother seeing her out. The German males in my audience catcall and cheer knowingly. They know what it's like to own luggage. Maggie Smith goes up to Vin Diesel's apartment. Vin Diesel's cocky and putting a shirt on. 
he's all. Not a bad lobby, eh? Here, I rolled you a joint on the plane. It reminded me of the pen from Crimson Peak. Maggie Smith picks it up and goes, Fuck, I'll feel just like a young girl again. Then's all, as do I. He puts on another shirt as another stewardess walks past, dragging more luggage. It was a threesome. Vin Diesel's all, I think I work for you. And you're a flunky for the Vatican? Maggie Smith's all, yes, we need you to do an important task for us. Something so important, it could save all humanity. But something so stupid, it will also kill humanity. I'm ready to help bring about either of those options, old woman. What do you require of me job-wise? We need you to roll us a joint of CG. I just gave one to you. Oh, brilliant. She goes home to her apartment, Maggie Smith does, where she lives with a younger priest. Oh, Brother Frodo, I see you're wearing your white collar at the moment. Most pious. Frodo's all. Always typecast as someone wearing something wrapped around a body part. That's my life. I lean over to Josh's teeth from Blair Witch on the seat beside me and whisper, Watching this movie reminds me of that play in Quills that the mental patient staged to humiliate Michael Caine. God, I wonder whatever happened to that actor. Meanwhile, Maggie Smith is found dead. There are a couple blurry shots of a balding, burly man with a beard who's not been diesel lurking around outside, but only in silhouette because the movie intends to sandbag the shocking reveal of his identity and blow my mind later. <laughs> that guy! A church celebrates the death, or seeming death, of Maggie Smith by branding her name into Frodo's arm. In the German-dubbed version, he's all, Ugh. Frodo looks and sees Vin Diesel sitting midway back in the pews. He blinks, and suddenly Vin's gone. Frodo's all, Oh, I guess that means he's sitting in the park now. Frodo ignores the rest of the ceremony and goes with bleeding arm to the park, where he sees Vin Diesel sitting on a bench doing nothing. <laughs> Vin's all, You're late. Frodo's all, What the fuck are you talking about? Vin's all, Same old Frodo. Now come on, we've got work to do. You can have fun with your real friends later. Anyone powerful enough to kill Maggie Smith, or in this case, make her look asleep, must be powerful indeed. But the police have questions for us. Plus, I'm supposed to speak at her funeral in five minutes? I don't have minutes. I have family. Frodo's all, oh, fuck, not that shit again. Jesus, no one cares, man. Just fucking drive cars off cliffs, punch people. Seriously, we get it, all right? You've got spunk, kid, because this isn't over yet. And if I know one thing, this witch hunt just went right up to DEFCON 10. Now help me up. My legs hurt. Meanwhile, Jaden Smith's running down a street in slow motion, following a trail of gummy bears, or as he calls it, his day job. He goes down an alley, stops short, and goes, score! In the courtyard center stands a big-ass gummy bear tree in full blossom. He makes an annoying sound, and girl runs forward. For some reason, instead of grabbing the fresh ones in the branches, he grabs the wrinkly, shitty ones on the ground amidst the dog shit sprinkler heads. What's wrong with that kid? Vin Diesel's voice is all, Don't worry, I'm here. The kid looks down and sees he's suddenly holding fistfuls of DVD copies of After Earth. The tree looks lame now. It starts raining poo on him. <laughs> As he runs away sobbing, Vin Diesel pats his head. You're welcome, Jaden. The burly, bald, red-haired giant guy steps out of a doorway. He's all, why are you interrupting my quality time with my favorite actor? 
Finn's all, this isn't over yet. The bald guy's all, who? Finn leaves. He finds a place that serves maggot cupcakes and cuts the line to go back into the bakery's office kitchen to where his black friend hangs out. The black man's all, sup, cuz? He hates it. <laughs> I speak just enough German to know this part. He takes off his sunglasses. His eyes are white, except for the whites, which are CG. Vinzal, you know me. How is the bakery biz character? The black man's all. Maggots are so easy to find. It's sick, yo, especially if you live like me. Vinzal, I try to. I need your help. The case I am on, it's the size of both of us put together. An Asian woman wearing a chef's hat comes in with a cupcake tray of maggot eggs. Maggot eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Maggot eggs, maggot eggs, maggot eggs, and cupcake batter. She shows it to the black man expectantly, and he studies it for a minute and nods. She opens her mouth to say something moronic, ending in white man, but can't figure out Vin's ethnicity and the other guy's eyes, and she gives up and leaves. <laughs> Gotta play by the rules. Vin's all, well, what do you say, buddy? One last CG for old time's sake. The black man's all, does this answer your question? He snaps his fingers. A cloud of CG moths show up and swirl around insubstantially. Dingus sighs. <laughs> moths. Ben <laughs> finds a bar with the Ygritte in it. He's all, I'm here to sniff your cup. She beams excitedly. He's all, that was not a metaphor. She's all, I know, that's why I was relieved. He grabs an empty mug and smells the entire rim before going, just as I suspected. CG. She's all, what'd you expect? This is a non-alcoholic bar. We don't get... <laughs> we don't want to talk given this at NC-17. Vin's all, tell me where I can find the bald burly man. You just left him, I thought, at the gummy bear tree. Perhaps you'd care to watch me sniff this glass again. No, wait, please, anything. I'll talk. I don't know where he is, but I can make you a hallucinogenic eggplant that'll make you sleep for ten hours. Maybe that'll help you think better. Time is of the essence. So very well. She takes him to the recliner room, sits him on it, sticks a syringe of CG into an eggplant, then (laughs) claims, then crabs the eggplant in his mouth, his eyes shut. She gets out her phone and tries to take a picture of herself with the wall behind him, but he wakes up again with the thing in his mouth and goes, What do I do? Chew it? Jesus, I thought you were dead. Stop disappointing me. Yeah, you chew and swallow. It's called eating. What the fuck's wrong with you? I've never eaten anything in any of my movies before. To do so implies my body requires outside sources as fuel. Children watching, please note this is not food I am eating. It is a hallucinogenic drug and eggplant. He swallows it and goes into a coma. When he wakes up, he's handcuffed to a towel, and the ball guy is setting the room on fire. Walgret crawls around behind the furniture and looks bashful. That part translated. Thins all. Wow. This shit is really strong. Nothing makes sense at all. I don't care about anything that's going on. And everyone's speaking German. The giant's all. This is payback for embarrassing me in front of Jaden. He begins farting and trying to put out the fire with his boots. <laughs> He's trying to help. Igret crawls around some more. Thins all. <laughs> And he tricks the handcuff by making his hand bigger. (laughs) 
He grabs Igret in one hand and the towel in the other. The giant's like, hey, where are you guys going? Help me put out this fire you guys started. It's your apartment, lady. But they ignore him and drive through the city while music plays. Finn's all, <laughs> that was a close one. It is a miracle I am still alive, immortal or not. Is my hair okay? She's all, well, there goes that apartment. I guess I should consider quitting growing eggplant. What inconclusive set piece we drive into now? Something far different than what has just ensued. Now I need information from a female who will administer me a drug. They drive for 20 minutes of screen time in silence while music doesn't play. <laughs> Finally, they come to an all-woman brothel. There's an office full of secretaries on the phone where Igret notices that sometimes when she looks at their faces, their CG makeup looks bad. That's the spell they cast, the bad CG. She's That's weird. Why would they need to look pretty just to talk on the phone? Vin and Igret come to an office with Lara Flynn Boyle on it and some other people. Lara Flynn Boyle's all, Ah, uh, Mr. Diesel and guest, we've been expecting you. You knew we were coming. An impressive yet cost-effective demonstration of magic for our viewing audience. I did call ahead, however. Lara Flynn Boyle gestures to a couch and goes, sit. He does. She farts CG in his face. He hallucinates that he's Russell Crowe this time in Gladiator, touching the grass and missing his family. But Igret keeps kicking him. Finally, he tricks the magic by waking up. He stands up, sees Igret crawling around behind the couch again, and goes, I hallucinated that you just kept kicking me now. Thank you. She's all hallucinated. He points at Lara Flynn Boyle, then tricks her by taking her green chiclet necklace off, then points at her again. Witch, you have just messed with the wrong last witch hunter, although your efforts to trick me were successful. But now the witch hat is on my figurative head. Tell me where to find the chiclet necklace before I fall for another of your tricks. Lara Flynn boils all. Please, you win. The sewers enter the city. That's where the ending takes place. The ending of the movie. I suggest you find another line of work, and let me know if you turn up any good leads, as after this next fight, I myself will be short a gig. He gives her back the chiclet and walks out. Just as Lara Flynn Boyle puts it back on, Yeager yanks it off again, crushes it beneath her heel, and goes, This is for being sadistic! She leaves. With the powdering of her chiclet, Lara Flynn Boyle no longer has makeup on. She looks in a mirror and goes, So much for witchcraft! I just assume that's what she said. I look over at Vin Diesel's 20-sided die in the seat beside me and go, I think I need to make a saving throw versus apathy attack. Vin digs up Maggie Smith's body, puts it on his bed, and sprinkles CG on it. Maggie Smith wakes up. She's all, I'm alive again. Shit. Vin opens the closet of guns and grenades he never uses, opens a trunk in there, and then goes, time to pull out the big guns. He pulls out the plastic sword, pretends to blow dust off it, then goes, Now to find a place nearby that sells a plastic scabbard. Maggie Smith's all, Master Wayne, should I accompany you? I proved equally resourceful to the main characters in Dark Knight Rises and Interstellar. Vince all, No, you are still weak from being thought dead. I am? I don't know, but stay here and be prepared to look out the window in a few hours to see if the CG in the sky means I have failed. <laughs> Vin Diesel takes Igret and Frodo down into a sewer. After a while, Igret's all, Are you sure this sewer is where the witch is? 
Then Saul. What? <laughs> a giant CG roars and charges them. Frodo shoots a pistol at it. Starship troopers. Vin Diesel screams and uses his toughness to fly slow motion through the air with a shotgun and emerge from the giant thing's CG butthole. He walks back over to them, pretending to wipe CG off himself. Ah, just the way we did things back in the 14th century. Frodo's all, with the shotgun? Ygritte's all, you guys had sewers back then? Vin Diesel sighs. The journey continues in tense silence. Finally, Frodo goes... By the way, I'm a traitor. He pulls out his pistol and holds it to Egret's throat. <laughs> I recommend you see it in German. I think you guys are missing out. We are not. I, I assure you, we are not. Vin turns and goes, just as I suspected, which is why I left only one bullet in your gun. Frodo's all, um, well, I only need one to shoot her, or you, so why didn't you just take them all out? Vin's all, hmm. Think fast! And he slips in the mud and breaks his leg. The witch from before walks on screen, cackling. She's all, so we meet again, Diesel. That's right, I'm back alive again. And now it's time to say hello to an old friend of yours. She gestures. There's a shot of the CG tree. The druid sitting beside me. <laughs> the druid sitting beside me stands up and goes, Nice! Shot of the tree. The witch is all, And now I will turn partly aside from you and destroy the world using CG. She gestures vaguely with her boobs. Vaguely darkish CG cascades around New York City stock footage. Luckily, the only person in the city who notices that we see is Maggie Smith who gets out of bed and stares at it through the window with her usual pinched expression the witch is all ha now I've accomplished everything in life I ever wanted somehow killing Vin Diesel's family off screen growing a tree in a sewer inconveniencing the Vatican corrupting Frodo Baggins which is very hard to do and filling a small area of the sky above New York with CG farewell characters I'm now turning all the way around Vin Diesel's all. I believe you are about to learn the folly of bragging too soon, loser. The witch turns around and watches disapprovingly as Vin leans over and sprinkles CG into a puddle of sewage. The witch explodes. The Black Death CG turns into a rainbow. Maggie Smith's frown lines turn into smile lines. New York City turns into Dubai. Vin Diesel turns into Harrison Ford. His plastic sword turns into a toy gun. The movie's rating turns into a soft R. Egret's clothes disappear. Jaden Smith turns into David Foster Wallace. Zapped is named Best Picture 2015. Bay Ling explodes. Last Witch Hunter turns into Fury Road. My German audience turns into 200 clones of the guy in line ahead of Dingus at the concession stand who asked if the butter was a solid at, at, <laughs> at room temperature. I turn into Dingus. Tom turns into Neil deGrasse Tyson. Dingus turns into a sigh of annoyance. A newspaper headlines all, 14th century CG declared savior of New York City stock footage. I look over at the flying monkey beside me and go, great work on this script. Any chance of a sequel? He's all, read the title. <laughs> uh, the end. Kelly Wan, that was epic. It's exactly that was what I was expecting, yeah. 
Tom, you were so quiet during that, I was worried. I had I had myself muted so you didn't have to listen to me giggle. Oh, yeah. what? I think you're hating it. I have to hear your giggles. Why are you ashamed of them? Uh, I don't I don't want to interfere with people being able to hear your lines. I can't laugh over your lines. So yeah. I'll stop. I want to stop. <laughs> no, that was I great. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I was looking forward to uh, the synopsis ever since seeing this thing. It, it seems like it lends itself well to a synopsis. It lends itself well to being seen in German, too. Like, even during San Andreas, I got a little restless sometimes. But in this movie, I was like, nah, pretty sure I'm getting the full. Like, I wasn't jealous of you guys. <laughs> I was sad. I was. I pitied you. Right. As well you should During have. the photo seeds, and no one sounded like their namesakes, like the guy they had dubbing Vin Diesel sounded like really nebbishy, which made it even funnier. Right. It's like, Pastos, no, Kataka. Oh, I would have expected, sounded- uh, yeah, I would have expected some like real sexy, deep throated leading man type voice, uh, but in general. No. Okay. I think girls are easier to do. <clears throat> Dub boys. Kazigrit sounded fairly convincing. I will say. I'm definitely glad we saw this instead of the walk, though. I think everyone is. Yeah. Um, but that would add a French accent in it, and instead, I watched instead of watching Joseph Gordon-Levitt talk with a French accent, I went and saw a movie where everyone speaks a language I don't know at all in German accents. But it allowed, yeah, it, it allowed you to imagine what was going on, which is probably far better than what was actually going on. Yeah. Well, it was also like I was trying to figure out the plot based on the body language of the actors and the CG colors. It's kind of just as difficult to figure out based on the dialogue. uh, Most of what I wrote, well, like I kind of assume that's true. Like, I don't know. uh, There's two witches in a tree in the 14th century who killed his family somehow. So I'm assuming that's why he's hunting them. But then I don't know why... I don't know anything that happens between that and the plane. Oh, I did guess that you met... No, how could you... Like, do you know he was immortal? Like, he can never die. It was that... Yeah, because the witch makes him that way? Yeah, the witch curses him. She curses him, How does he do that? (laughs) I don't understand that. Uh, Because he kills her, and to basically get revenge on him, she, during her dying moment, curses him to never die. Uh, It's not just to get revenge on him. It's not revenge. It's her long... It's her long con, basically. Uh, the 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 key line of the movie is this ridiculous line that I was hoping was going to blossom into more ridiculous lines. It's that she will never truly perish until her heart beats its last. And so the whole idea is that as long as her heart is kept uh, intact, the heart itself and beating, uh, then she will never truly perish. So she curses him, and and one of the things that you hear through the movie is that uh, a curse heart. can only be broken. If the person who does the curse, the witch who does the curse, is destroyed or killed. And so what, what you realize as the movie goes on is, wait, this curse, which she has given him immortality, is continuing. That means that she is not dead. So the idea is that the Dolans, this, this coven, not coven, but this group of priests that uh, the, the axe and the cross, have kept this heart in secret uh, in order to keep... Vin Diesel alive so he can keep slaying witches in this weird truce that they have formed. Um, this is part of the convoluted plot. See, so Kelly, that, how much you, you Dingus paid attention and you missed but, out on by seeing it in German. 
So he that, said it all really seriously too. I know. Like, Dingus is, might Dingus might be into this movie. Hold on. Yeah. So that what, the once they once they figure that out, I mean, what's Vin Diesel figures out what's uh, what's what's his name? Con, it's not Conrad, but um, once he figures long out, Conrad. oh, what'd you say? He's the long Conrad. Yeah, very good. Uh, once he realizes that they've kept the heart all along, just so that he can keep killing witches. Um, but her idea to keep him alive, her, the quote-unquote curse, was just so that at some point everything could cycle back through so that her heart could be regenerated and she could be brought back to life and bring the plague back again. Oh, the plague is involved? Yeah, well, the first thing, the, the, the very first like part of the movie is, is about the Black Plague. And, the, and all of those flies... <laughs> is the black plague and she is she has generated that in order to kill humans and so she's come back to earth to release another plague and that's what all those that cg over in new york is the flies generating that plague and she's releasing another plague to kill the humans again but they uh, don't have time to do it so it's like another jaden smith swarm in right. Earth still that the swarm that doesn't do anything but it also has to be this there's this weird internet everybody has to be all all of the ghost witches that have been sucked into the witch prison have to be connected to chant and when they when they yank out joseph gilgun or whatever his name is um and kill him alec uh, then the chain is broken and and it's not until they get the dream catcher uh and link her <laughs> back in that all of the flies can then again be regenerated in order to make the plague did Tom mute himself again? No, I'm sorry. I was taking a nap. Is that over? Yeah, Are we yes. done with that? Yeah, I, yeah. I apologize, Tom. I really did. And I, I would like to say that I do mute myself during your opsies when I when I can't control my laughter. You know, I, I like to, I like you to hear some of my reactions, but when I when I get uncontrollable, I do mute myself. I want to be clear about that. Hmm. Silence makes uh, someone trying to be funny nervous. Well, it also like makes the heart comics. Yeah. Oh yeah, so heart. So Vin Diesel doesn't know the heart rule. He doesn't stab her in the heart. He, when he, he knows the, the heart chance. rule, but he doesn't understand why her heart has survived all this time. Because that the other thing is, he has to do a memory spell to go back and figure out his death, so that he can understand that the heart is still alive. And one of the things he doesn't remember from his death is that the dude secreted the heart or secreted the heart rather than destroying it. So he has kept the heart all of these years, and Vin Diesel never knew that. So, Tom, do you feel that the redemption of Vin Diesel's character comes during the chant or when the tree is first planted? I feel that when he has hair, he could play Tom Hardy at children's birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can, do you not love that beard stuff? Come on. It's not in it much. He loses it pretty quickly. And then it looks just like say, his normal self, which seems whatever weird. Else, whatever else we're going to say about this, um, I love that stuff with Vin Diesel in, in those early things with the beard where he looks fearful and vulnerable. And then they finally return to that because the early part of the movie where he's stumbling around in that odd beard and he's not leading them. He's following along um, and he looks fearful and, and out of sorts. And that's a Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel I don't remember seeing. And I was kind of excited about that at the beginning of this movie. And then when we returned to that in the memory sequence, I was like, oh, well, there's that, that dude again, that, that fearful, vulnerable guy that you don't see from Vin Diesel anymore. He's always just 
tough, 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 tough. And uh, it's unfortunate that the movie goes forward to the tough stuff because he's been invulnerable for 800 years because he can't be killed. Uh, but I love that there are those little moments where Vin Diesel gets to appear kind of fearful. I liked that. Tom, he was hiding his sadness behind a beard. Do you feel that that motif uh, refers to Nietzschean correspondency? There, there were actually two times in this movie where I noticed he was actually trying to act. And they were both <laughs> hilarious. Uh, one of the times is, K1, you might have missed this because it was in German, so you might not have known what was going on at that moment. But when he finds out that the witch's heart uh, has been preserved... He tries to act uh, uh, stricken, like he's devastated by the betrayal, uh, and it's uh, it's it's this, like I imagine he thinks it'll be on his like demo reel if he ever gets an award like that. Moment. Who betrayed him? Uh, the Order of the Iron, what it, Dingus the Dolan. Yeah, Frodo? Dingus have to tell you the technical name of the people, but that's why he gets mad at Frodo. His buddies the act on the cross, and they're all called Dolans. Come on, Tom, you right. watched the movie. The other part where he tries to act, which was hilarious, because it was supposed to be like an angry outburst. And, and Kelly Wand, again, you will have missed this because it was in German. Uh, but when he confronts uh, Elijah Wood about these people betraying him, uh, you know, he takes him by the the collar by by his shirt by his white t- turtleneck shirt and he's like why did you do this to me why did you do this to me and elijah wood says well we had to do it so that we could like fight the darkness or whatever and then vin diesel <laughs> has this uh this this crazy outburst it's really sudden that he he's unable to enunciate any of the words so it comes out as this like slurry of of sudden syllables that makes no sense and the line is written as you know, Frodo says, or uh, Elijah Wood says something like, "We decided to keep you to fight the darkness," and Vin Diesel's response is supposed to be, "That wasn't your choice to make," but Vin Diesel goes, "That wasn't your choice to make," and it was, and it's like so fast and sudden, and he's trying to act like he's trying to do a super dramatic, like yelling moment, and it mm. comes out like a like Sylvester Stallone on meth or something. It was amazing. How did you know that was the line? Because I thought it was some sort of incantation. No, this was make. It was like right. that. It was amazing. Like, it's like Vin Diesel acting. I, I mean, I, I, he was doing it, but part of me was like, oh, honey, no, don't do not do that. That's really not your bag. <laughs> Just. But, but didn't you care on. for that vulnerable stuff that I'm talking about? I did not, no. Oh, damn it. I mean, I know the beard is terrible, but he looks he looks forlorn. He looks vulnerable. I love that he's stuff. He's old, and he's making this movie. That'll take 30% off right there. And that did nothing for you, Tom. I think what happened during those scenes, Dingus, is he looked in the future and saw the box office take of this movie. And that there was some method work going on there. All right, fine. But when you're watching the movie, didn't that do anything for you? I mean, in real time? <laughs> no. Did it, did uh, it do right. anything for you, Tom? There were two things I liked about this movie, which if we want to go to that point, we, we can talk about. But uh, no, nothing in this movie did anything for me. It was... Uh, what did the lady say when her she looked in the mirror and their chiclet broke? Bitch. Because I... Bitch. Yeah, because that got a laugh from the Germans. Yeah, she calls her a bitch. Yeah, which was hilarious. It's just, it's just a, it's just a a laugh. Sorry, or as a a curse word. That's all it is. Played really well in Hamburg. Just FYI. Okay, so you like the movie, Tom? Uh, I uh, acting the beard. I wonder if we were supposed to be able to tell what was going on when Vin Diesel fights the tree spider, because I think the director thinks we're supposed to be able to tell what was going on. Oh, visually? Yeah. 
Oh no, there's no fight choreography at all. Yeah, we can't. You can't see a thing that's going on there. Uh, so mm-hmm. was that? Did Rose Leslie? Uh, by the way, I love that Rose Leslie shows up, but I thought she was terrible. It's not her fault. Um, you know, we've seen her. In, we've seen her in Game of Thrones. We've seen her in a movie I really liked called Honey, Honeymoon. Honeymoon, which we did a podcast on. Uh, I, I love her, and I was so glad when she showed up, but they didn't really do much with her. Yeah. I, I have a question, Dingus, so you might know the answer to. Kelly Wand, you're not going to have any clue. Dingus, was that her bar in that it's the bar that she worked at, or was that her bar in that it's the bar she owned, like Marion in, in uh, Indiana Jones? The latter, because she says, this is all I have. Okay. This is, this is not a place she works. This is her place. And Miriam... Uh, which I didn't think of that because I think Miriam is the name of Karen Allen's character. Uh, Miriam is one of the is the Marian. worker there. Marion, like Ma- Ma- oh Marion. Yeah. All right. Well, Miriam is the is the name of the girl there. Right. But yeah, it's it's her place, and she says, "This is all I have." Right. And so that moment where everything's flaming, and and she said, and I mean, it, yeah, it, it's her place. Plus, there's that science says Igrets on the. Uh... And she's also very careful about. I mean, because that whole thing with sniffing the bowls that Kelly made fun of earlier, which the bowls? Uh, is, yeah, sniffing the cups, you know, sniffing that bowl. It, it, what he's oh, sniffing bowls. is a po- is a fear potion, and and she said a fear potion at the bar, and he's like, "What are you afraid of?" And yeah, I don't know what she's afraid of. Mediocrity. Or nope, something. nope. You don't remember Dingus? Public. Speak- no. What is she afraid of? Public speaking. Public speaking. That was Great. her. And she All was right. joking. Like that was her. What? That was her witty wry rejoinder. And, but then and, she never – there's no payoff for that line. Well, the payoff and, then is what he says. Yeah, and Kelly, what do you think if, if she says, uh, I'm afraid of public speaking, what are you afraid of? What do you think Vin Diesel is going to say? Um, piranha? Or uh, 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 enclosed spaces, outer space. Um, you're Come on. Not- Look at the character he's playing. What do you want? Won't get this thing. You're giving you're giving this movie way too much credit. All right. You won't be needing that where we're going. He's afraid of nothing. Clearly. Oh. That, by the way, was the only line where I thought Vin Diesel had an effective delivery because she said, you know, there's it's it's like a little witty, it's like a little Escape from New York play, um, Escape from New York, uh, Big Trouble in Little China play between Kim Cattrall and Kurt Russell. Uh, right. He says. To her, uh, what are you afraid of? And she says, public speaking. And she says, what are you Absolutely. afraid of? And he says, nothing. And he whispers it. And then he says, and this is kind of cute, it's kind of boring, really. Yeah. I thought that was the only line that Vin Diesel delivered in a way that I was like, hey, interesting choice, Vin. Uh, you know, so if you want to see him do one line well, I think there's that in The Last Witch Hunter. I, I did love that, but it's always dangerous to have that in your movie that is already becoming boring. Uh, when you have kind of boring, really, you, you really have to be careful. So that, it, that line, I went back and watched the trailer after uh, seeing the movie. That line is in the trailer, but they do cut before the kind of boring, really, because oh. um, they don't want to, they don't want to imply anything. <laughs> they should just left that part in only. They don't want to imply anything that, that's, is boring. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's clearly her 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 establishment, I think. Uh, and are there any other? That line's in the trailer. What are you afraid of? Nothing. Yeah, because he's like but that then, tough. Like Dingus is right though, and uh, I, I, I kind of I, I like Vin Diesel in some things, but he's a terrible actor, and he's partly terrible because he allows himself to be miscast as the super tough guy. He's great in the original Fast and Furious, where he's the dopey big brother. Um, he's even partly effective in some of the Riddick movies because they're he lets them be more ensemble. 
where mm-hmm. there are far better actors than him pretending he's badass, and that, that sort of lends some credence to him not being very badass and trying to be badass. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, he, this, there, this movie, he, they... he scuttles this movie. Like, there's nothing, this, oh. this movie with maybe a better actor might have been okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I mean, you're probably right, no, but if, the thing is, there are some fairly witty moments in the script that if, if an actor could sell those moments, might have worked. They should have left that line in the trailer, though. Kind of boring, really, because then if it's, just, if it's just a trailer, you go, oh, he's he's funny, and the trailer's too short for you to get bored, so you'll just like the line. Right. Okay, what were you what saying? Are, <laughs> what I was kind of queuing off of is that in, in previous times when we've talked about Vin Diesel, um, Tom, you've talked about this this idea that he's not this persona, that he's kind of a, a softy or maybe a nerd dude. Yeah, I mean, he's right? de- yeah, I feel like he's definitely one of us. Like, he doesn't seem like he's got that sort of celebrity confidence or larger-than-life persona. He's just a, a regular dude who has worked out enough and shaved his head and gotten lucky with some good deals that right. he's kind of in these these action movies. Uh None of us can say that wasn't your choice to make very intelligible. And, and that's why early on when I sur- saw him in that ridiculous beard and looking fearful and vulnerable, I was kind of hopeful in, in remembering what you had said about your impression of him as being kind of one of us that that just shaped his body right, shaved, shaved his head right, and worked his career right to be just totally hard. And trying to like stand up against the rock in different movies where he never seems to be able to do so properly. So those little moments of vulnerability really worked for me. Although, I mean, this movie, this movie, the ultimate sin this movie is to me is that it's just, it becomes mediocre and boring. Um, You know, there are a couple of moments like that moment, that ridiculous line about, you know, she will never truly perish until her heart beats its last, which is true of everybody in the world. Um, it's just one of those silly things. So I like, if it gets this silly and keeps getting this silly, I'll really like it. Uh, but it never, you know, like, didn't your mother tell you not to eat candy from trees? I mean, if, if the movie had had more of that stuff, uh, I would have loved it. But, but it's just so mediocre and boring. Well, it's obvious too. Like it, it, in that, one of the things I noticed is in that airplane scene, uh, he's, yeah. he's so okay. he's so cavalier, and yeah. he's not at all scared. There's no sense of any stakes, and you know, while he's up there saving the plane and fighting witchcraft, he can also bet a stewardess. Like, it's clearly, it, yeah, it, it's going for that. Like, it's clearly going for this super cavalier kind of funny, whimsical, immortal character, um, which. Uh, yeah, which I, I mean, if he's a Lothario. Why doesn't he hit on Rose Leslie? Or well, does it's, he? it's funny. He's it's not funny. really. It's just this ridiculous line, and you missed it. Where Michael Caine says, you know, something about you really got to make connections with somebody instead of like betting a bunch of stewardesses. It's funny watching What's... the movie. Kind of, you, you can see like the movie isn't certain whether or not to let him yeah, and Rose right. Leslie flirt. Um, like it's Why? Not sure if, if it You're wants... absolutely right, Tom. Even in their last, in the last time where their hands cross, right. you, you, you know that the movie doesn't know, is this supposed to be paternal or is this supposed to be sexual? Oh, because he's old. There's a point where uh, she is uh, leaning up against a wall 
in front of him, and it and it really looks like the kind of like it, it. Their body language looks like Just get looks ready. like it's how two people will like make out in an alleyway. Uh, and then during at the end of the scene, he takes her her hand to lead her away, and it is kind of a weird. Like you wouldn't do that to someone unless you were like dating them, or, right? Right, right, right. Which, yeah, the the I don't know if it's the movie was confused or just Vin Diesel and Rose Leslie were confused. Uh, oh no, it's the direct. This is totally a, a fault of direction because even even in the moment that is so obvious when he's comforting her after her friend has been murdered in the garden, uh, even that moment when he pulls her to him, I mean, th- there's. I don't know. There's a weird sort of. Is there heat or not? What are you guys doing? What are you doing? They Especially they had this Lothario. But they just, just had. Set, yeah, exactly right, Kelly. Exactly right. Like that's not a connection if they're not even <laughs> understand. Why would Michael Caine say that too? If, you, if why would you say that to an immortal? Why would a priest say that to an immortal? Hey, man, you got to meet someone. Like you can't just have the empty. Kelly Wand, as Michael Caine explains, he wasn't always a priest. Yeah. Right. So, what? He knows, yeah. That could, so, that's another thing that's not really coming across in the so German. So can we talk course. about this director for a minute? Who is he? Oh, wait. Is he the guy from Clueless? No. Um, it's Breckenmeyer. He seems, like, he seems like a guy who... <laughs> Breckenmeyer. Oh, Jesus. It's yes, Breck Breckenmeyer. <laughs> Sorry. His name's Breck Eisner. Um, his actual name is Michael Breckenridge Eisner. So you can guess who he is. Uh, but his actual directory name is Breck Eisner. And he seems like a guy who is making a lot of lower level versions of better movies. And I, and so the, the first bit, uh, well, he made, uh, Time Crimes, which is this very, like, TV, it looks like a, it kind of looks like a, a, a long version TV pilot. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's, it's kind of crappy. But he also made Sahara. Which I think we, we all know what that is a low-rate version of. Um, Sahara is much better than I thought it was going to be. And, and then he made a movie that we've seen together and reviewed called The Crazies. Which Wait, what's is, Sahara the lamer version of? Sahara is a, is a lamer version of a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of movie. Oh, it's Lost Ark, okay. Yeah, and, and it's got some good ideas, but it's it's it's... It's this weird. I mean, it's got this great idea of this ironclad being found in the desert, but but then he totally gets derailed by this whole environmental like water contamination subplot, uh, which totally takes over the plot, uh, which also dribbles into his the movie that we did, which is The Crazies, um, which is a lower level version. Uh, that was him. Yeah, that was him as well. A lower level version of you know one of the Night of the Living. The Night of Living Dead kind of a movie. Oh, and also a and, remake. Uh, yeah, well, oh yeah, I forgot that fact. Um, but the Crazies also has sort of a, a weird water contamination thing going on in it. And so then we get to this, the last, last witch hunter, which it, you know to me feels like a terrible, uh, a terrible thing. And I and I didn't even use it as my over under, and I apologize if one of you did, but a, a terrible pale imitation of Constantine. Well, if you're bracketing at all, this is nowhere near Constantine. No, no, no. Yeah. But but it it tries so hard to parrot it because yeah. because it has this whole um, this whole thing with uh, with the characters. It has that thing with the the with um, Frodo being the Sheila Booth character, and then the 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 seer showing up, and then even the Jaiman Hansu, you can barely understand him character showing up. 
Um, uh, I think that that I don't know what this guy is doing, but it seems like he's taking these really good movies and just like putting bad imitations of them. It's not a coincidence. His name sounds like Len Weissman. That, by the way, is my uh, my over because the the underworld movies at least had a, a kind of a, a sense of humor. They didn't take themselves so seriously, and the underworld movies also had Kate Beckinsale and Bill Nye. There, there's no counterpart to basically just how sexy she is and how committed he is to even crappy movies. I met him. My over would have been uh, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunter. That's my over too, Dingus. I, I just I remember liking that so much, um, and uh, plus Jeremy uh, Renner and um, Gemma Arterson are just so engaging in that movie. I at least get what that movie is like. It's kind of trying something. It's trying for a vibe, and this movie is just totally phoning in bad ideas. Right. Right. I do have two things I liked about it, uh, and I think Dingus is with me on at least one of these. Uh, I really liked the design of the Witch Queen and the the actress that was in there, uh, and I wanted to see more of her. Like I was hoping at some point the makeup would fall away and we would actually get to see some this actress like working because she seemed she seemed way more committed than anybody who wasn't covered up by a lot of makeup. Like oatmeal, she looked to uh, Ridley Scott's Legend. I thought. Um, PG thirteen witch. Do you do you guys remember um, Alice Krieg as the Borg Queen? Sure, of course. And also, uh, what else did we see her in? Wasn't she in that dragon movie with Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale? Rain of oh Fire. Was she? I think so. Maybe not. I, I just kept thinking of her uh, when I was watching um, Julie Engelbrecht uh, because I just loved Alice Krieg so much in in the I forget which movie it was that she was the Borg Queen, uh, but she was just so weird and gross. And, <laughs> very thank you, and 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 weirdly sexy. Um, I loved Alice Krieg in that, and I apologize if I'm if I'm not saying her name right. But uh, but what Julie Engelbrecht was doing, especially in that last scene, and that with that weird thing that they were doing with, if it's not a ponytail, it's like an extra spine hanging off the back of her head. Um, uh, I loved her physicality in it. I loved what she was doing with her voice, and it totally reminded me of how much I loved Alice Craig as the Borg Queen. And I also liked the post-apocalyptic New York bit with like people standing there looking at the tree like zombies and, and chanting. So, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of a cool uh, image of. This, this <laughs> Remember is, that part? It, it was literally just one shot. They apparently at had the end? they had a set where Vin Diesel like imagines things, and he has some silly fight scene in it. But then they have one quick vision with the tree in the distance and the buildings are all yeah. overgrown with green and there are people just sort of standing around and sort of scattered around the city who are looking at the tree and chanting. And Wait, it's a huge was... tree, yeah. Well, what pissed me off is that earlier, just before that, we get transported into the I Am Legend set um, for some inexplicable reason and then we find out that we're being transported to the future. But I hated that. That earlier part of that of the greenery in New York, but I like the image that you're talking about, Tom. Okay, are you guys ready for a quiz? This is going to be for big uh. points. So I'm going to give you a line from the movie, <laughs> and you have to tell me whether it's good writing or bad writing. Because remember, and you might disagree, but I sort of feel like 
there there are parts of the script if it had had a different actor that, that might have worked. So, so well, two of the dudes wrote Dracula Untold. I should just tell you. Oh, which uh, again, which I didn't see. You guys saw that, but uh, right. January release, if I'm not mistaken. Um, all right, here we go. So, uh, Kelly Wand, I'll tell you a, a little bit about the lines and maybe some context because you saw it in German, but you know good writing. <laughs> so, so Kelly Wand, you're up first. I'm going to be keeping. Score. I always lose. You know good writing. Dingus maybe does I not, don't. but you do. All right. Dingus always wins this contest, so, so he's Kelly a better Wand, writer. Early on, with uh, with Michael, uh, no, with uh, uh, Vin Diesel talking to. Uh, uh, Elijah Wood, he's explaining how uh, at this cathedral that many years ago when they were constructing the city, they found a mass grave underneath the cathedral. And what did they do? They just covered it up and kept building. And what does Vin Diesel say about this? As an observation, he says, quote, there are shades of gray everywhere. Kelly Wan, (laughs) good writing or bad writing? I don't know what that means. Um, I guess it's bad because it's a non sequitur. Kelly Wan, you like get a it. point. You totally get a point. It's terrible writing because it has no bearing on the situation. How is it? It's funny, how is though. a mass grave of slaves a, a shade of gray? That's a terrible. I don't know. Thing. That's what I'm and saying. Furthermore, you can't have that line in a world where Fifty Shades of Gray is a thing. Well, I'm that's sure it was that line. I thought. I thought he said there are shades of evil everywhere. Nope, shades of gray everywhere. Are you positive? I wrote it in my notes, Dingus, so it must be true. Well, I wrote shades. Of, I thought he said there are shades of evil everywhere, but all right. Even line, it's a terrible it. line regardless, but yeah. All right, well, Dingus, let's see how you do with this line. Dingus, uh, when things really get weird uh, on Frodo's first day at work there, Vin Diesel says, <laughs> you want to quit? And Elijah Wood says, no, I want to raise. Dingus? Good writing or bad writing? That's great writing, actually. Sorry, Dingus, it's bad writing because I don't. His character isn't set up to be that cavalier, and also I don't think priests get salaries. Yeah, and also why he wouldn't get one from Vince? It's a poker joke. Oh, he wants to raise. He wants to raise. Yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, he got the verb wrong. Yeah. He wants to raise. I want to raise. Oh, I want to raise. So Kelly, one, you are in the lead with one point. So Kelly, that's a, that's a. What are you? Are you just denying the, the line? Yeah, it's a terrible line. No, I'm not denying it. It actually happened, but it's terrible writing. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> right. Move on. Kelly Wand. Uh, Poker. When they capture one of the witches, uh, Elijah Wood punches him because he's so mad at him. And then from off screen, you hear Elijah Wood saying, "I'll confess it later." Because he apologizes and about for what I'm about to do, he says, and then he punches the guy in the stomach because he's so mad at him. This guy they've captured, and then off screen you hear him say, "I'll confess it later." Kelly Wan, is that good? Wait, is so the sin is punching a witch? Correct. Is That's it, something you ought to confess. Is that good writing uh, or bad writing? I don't think that you would need to confess that, so I'm going to say bad. Once again, you're correct because it's way too cavalier for the character, and yeah, I don't know what sin that is. I guess the sin of So he's the funny character. You understand who he becomes later. There are two points in the movie where I think – well, a couple of points in the movie where I think they're trying to give him the joke lines. Yeah, But he's supposed to be – You understand who he becomes later. I mean this is his setup. This is a setup because he's going to be the villain. I mean the the earlier part of the line is, please don't think less of me punch i'll confess it later this is the idea that he's the the perfect sidekick and this is supposed to set up for us that we can trust him please don't think of less of me punch 
I'll confess it later. Okay, Dingus, since you're mad because you liked that writing, I'm going to make this one worth double points. So, Dingus, this will Good. tie you. If Give you as get many this points right. as you want. You're just not... Sorry. This is worth double okay. points, Dingus. For two points, is this good writing or bad writing? When so, uh, It's bad writing. I'll say that. Rose Leslie says to him... I forget where he's going. Dingus, you'll have to remember the context of this on your own. But Rose Leslie says to him, this isn't who you are. And his rejoinder is, it's all I am. Dingus, is that good writing for two points or bad writing? It's good writing. Wow. Dingus, it makes no sense. It's basically, the response is basically a no. uh Like, what, what, it, if she says, this isn't who you are, and he says, it's all I am, as in everything I am or only what I am, it makes no sense. Do you even remember what he was going to do? No, but at this point... It's when he's going to, uh, I think it's when he's going to, like, fight the Witch Queen on his own. And she's like, this isn't who you are. Why would she say that? I know. That's the thing. See, you need context even for that line, and there's no context for it. Yeah, and it's basically, like, it's it's kind of the tough line. Like, you, he, like it, it's like, <clears throat> like the I hero... I think it has more to do with whether or not um, he's going to allow her to protect him or allow him to protect her. It's their, They have a weird dynamic of she's not allowed to join him anymore. They have this weird sort of, we've made a deal. That I I was going to protect you and now you have to go away thing and then she keeps keeps saying she should say this is why can't a witch hunter hunt witches kind of a thing. Uh, That seems like a weird way to put that though. The movie's terribly written. I'm not going to deny it. But his comeback, Tom, doesn't seem out of character for a Vin Diesel line. No, no, right. But as far as writing, is it good writing or bad writing? I don't think it's bad writing. Doesn't pass well. Monster. The first line made me laugh, even though it made no sense. The well, right. Secret. If this if this was a movie that that was sort of aware of the silliness of it, um, of itself, like if it didn't take itself so seriously, uh, then yeah, I, I would I would agree. Maybe that's a joke. But I think Vin Diesel thought it was like a super cool, awesome line to say. Right, I agree with you. That's what he thinks. All right, Dingus, How about enjoy paradise. We're gonna go, uh, we're, Dingus. We're gonna give you another chance. This one's also worth two points. Uh, at one point, Vin Diesel says to the, I think the witch, I forget if it's the biker villain. By the way, that villain, for most of the movie, he looked like a biker more than a witch. I was like, that's, yeah. you're going to address that guy? Uh, so at one, one point. Of my favorite, one of my favorite things from the Ops was Kelly Wan saying, we, he's shown in shadows of, it's going to, because it's going to be this super reveal. And it's like, who? Yeah. Uh, the reveal. Then you see him in the next scene. The reveal for me is I, I think he's an Icelandic actor from his name. I was like, oh, cool. They got he is. I think he was in um, Reykjavik, Rotterdam. Oh, good. Good for him. Because they actually shot some of this in Iceland. Like, there's a credit in, for, for an Iceland crew. So. Oh, okay. All right, Dingus. That was Reykjavik. For two points, uh, Vin says to the witch, I could have killed every last one of you. I've done the math. I had the time. Dingus, good writing or bad writing? Oh, I loved that. Come on. That's great writing. I agree. It has good rhythm. It's a good retort. And it says a lot about the character's thought process. Is I could have killed every last one of you. I've done the math. I've had the time. I agree. Good writing. Davis, right. you are now tied with Kelly Wan. Kelly Wan can't what? break. That's another double. And it totally shows the, the depth of the betrayal that the Dolans have done to him. Yep. So, Kelly Wan, you can break the tie with this one right here. When he stabs the witch, I forget if it's when he gets her with his little plus one flaming sword. Or no, I think it's when he throws his sword. Now, at some point, he, at some point, he's doing a terrible thing to the witch, and he says to her, 
You know the benefit of eternal life? I get to kill you twice. Kelly Wan, <laughs> good writing or bad writing? Uh, that's a tricky one because it doesn't make sense. I guess um, it's bad. Yep, because you're right. It doesn't make right. sense. Like if you live – if you yeah. have eternal life, how is it that you only get to kill someone twice? Like – yeah, it should no be. Sense. I get to kill you a million times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and that and that hooks into this this whole weird social media joke about how many like message boards are you on, um, and one of the one of the usernames is genocidal, and, and the idea is that he is no. W- yeah. The idea is that it, it, I could have killed all of you. That's genocide. And from her perspective, or from their perspective, that's genocide. And so there's that little sort of subtle, like, genocide thing going on there. And that that's why I like that line that Tom said just before. Uh, I, I've done the math. I could have killed all of you. That's genocide. What's the message board thing? Um, at one point, he looks over at her phone. Um, I think, it, you know, when when you keep hearing the meow, 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 meow thing. Yeah, uh, he also looks over at her phone and he sees that she's gotten some sort of a, uh, some sort of a thing from a message board. He's like, "How many witch hunter message boards are you on?" And and some of the usernames. One of the usernames has the word genocide in it. And he's been given all these names. He's this. He's like this. I am legend figure in their world. He is this genocidal figure. And and that's one of the things she hates about him, and what she's scared about, and and why joining is so scary for her is because he's this he's this creature in their world. He's this monster who is coming to eradicate them. Tom. All right, Kelly Wand, you have three points. Dingus, you have two points. This will tie it if you get it. Is the line good writing or bad writing when Michael Caine says, "Look at you, you ugly bitch of a morning." Oh. Good writing or bad writing? I'm going to say good. Yep, especially because it's Michael Caine gets to deliver it. Kelly Wan, for the game, it is now a tie. <laughs> Kelly Wan, if you fail this, it's a draw, and we'll have to take it up next week. If you get this one, Kelly Wan, you win the good writing or bad writing contest. Is it good writing or bad writing when Michael Caine, near the end of the movie, says... Try doing that with an iPad. Good writing or bad writing? What's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly wins. Yeah, the fact that you have to ask, I, I, I think almost settles it. Uh, yep, so he sees, a, he sees a fly, uh, and he uses his book. Oh, that's right. Kelly wasn't even there where yeah. uh, Vin Diesel says, paper. Yeah, Vin Diesel <laughs> says, did you lose that other iPad I gave you? Where's the iPad I gave yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, and Michael Caine's talking about the, the difference between iPads and, and keeping history on paper. And so the, the callback for that is near the end of the movie when a fly comes into the, the room after he's watched the CG over in New York. Uh, oh. He smashes the fly with his book and he says to an empty room, try doing that with an iPad. You could yeah. swat a fly with an iPad. So you're saying yeah. you're saying bad writing or good writing? Yeah, that's terrible. No, it's awesome. It's a callback. It's the only effective joke in the movie. A because Michael Caine gets to do it. B because it's a callback, and C because it is kind of funny. It is practical as well because if you smack a fly with an iPad, you can't use it anymore. But if you use the Bible, you can still use the Bible. That wasn't a Bible though. That was a uh, that was his, his his history of Calder, I believe. 
I do love that moment where where they're together and he and Michael Caine uh, finally says, "Okay, now let's do a little bit of work. I know this is going to be boring for you." And then the scene cuts away, and there's this feeling of they have to debrief or something. This movie, but they, they, they actually have to do work. Yeah, this movie has a lot of lines about being boring. It's, it's no <laughs> How'd the fly get in the <laughs> room? This window was open. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you guys are tied. Let's do our unders, by the way. My under, so if my over was uh, the Underworld movies, any one of them, take your pick. My under is uh, the Nicolas Cage thing that Kelly referenced earlier called Season of the Witch because the lead actor for Season of the Witch was completely inappropriate, and I don't remember anything about it, and uh, it's completely forgettable. So uh, I would rather watch this, even though I think it has some of the problems. It's going to be forgettable. The lead actor was was... I think absolutely poorly cast. Uh, so my under, this is slightly better, is Season of the Witch. Dingus, what is your under for? Uh, your over is uh, you and Kelly Wan. My over is Hans on Gretel, Witch Hunter. Yep, and your under then? My under is a little movie from 1989 called Warlock. Oh, is... Dingus, Warlock is brilliant. Yeah, really... how's that your under? Yeah, Richard E. Grant, Julian Sands, and that chick, what's her name? Lori Petty? No, what is her name? Who was that? Lori Petty is Point Break. Is it Laurie Petty? I don't remember. I just remember that it was directed by Steve Miner, who did, I think, a little movie called Lake Placid that you love. And Steve Miner, I think, <laughs> goes all the way to some of the Friday the 13th movies, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Who's the Laurie uh, in it, Kelly Wand? Who's the chick? Because Richard E. Grant writes in his memoirs how annoying she was. Who did you think it was, Tom? Laughlin. Well, Laurie Petty is the chick from Point Break, I think. There's a, there's a different Laurie in Warlock. Oh, right. I, could be I keep thinking Laurie Singer, but... I, I think that it might be Mark Singer I'm thinking of. Um, but that's, but your, really, that's your under. You liked this better than Warlock? Yeah, I mean, I remember Warlock being a guilty pleasure for me because I accidentally recorded it. Laurie Singer. Dingus Who? Happened. Yeah, Dingus is right. Laurie Singer. From, uh... Laurie, Laurie, oh, it is Laurie Singer. I, I just remember recording it from one of these free... Like, this is back when you would record things with VHS tapes when, or when I would do this, when you would have a free weekend of HBO and Cinemax uh, because my family wouldn't be able to afford HBO and Cinemax normally. Um, so when there would be a free weekend of Cinemax, I would re- record as many movies as I could and I would look through all the the, the schedules and try to figure out the things out. And so I remember recording Warlock and being totally surprised at how great it was. Um, it's not great. It's it's really not a very good movie at all. But I really liked watching it over and over again. So I think it would probably go slightly below this because I actually like Vin Diesel a lot more than you guys did. Kelly, one, are you going to let him uh, besmirch Warlock's good name like that? I'm surprised your over wasn't Seventh Son. Tom. Is that the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing? No, it's Jeff Bridges going... Oh, Seventh Son. I was thinking Seventh Sign. No, Seventh Son is way, way better than this. No, Seventh Son. Seventh Sign's Demi Moore. End of Days is Schwarzenegger. Thank you. What were you seventh, <laughs> seventh Son is way, way better than this. I mean, I, I was bracketing it. I was picking things that I that I felt were close in quality to uh, uh, Last Witch Hunter. Seventh Son, far and away more enjoyable. It has great CG, awesome Jeff Bridges performance, a good cast, um... Oh, I see. So it was too good. Good sense of pacing. Yeah, yeah. Seventh Son outpaces this movie considerably. Yeah, the CG is terrible on this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Kelly, what do you have for your under? You're over. You borrowed Dingus's. Uh, so did you also borrow his under, and is your under now Warlock? <laughs> I was going to borrow – I'm really sh- – there's another Warlock too, Dingus. Did you see the second Warlock? Oh, don't. That'll just make Dingus's point. Don't tell what him. What do you mean? There's a – 
That's there's the weekend for race too. There's a sequel or that Richard E. Grant couldn't yeah. be bothered to do. I think it was just Julian Sands. There might even be a third one, Kelly Wand. Like didn't they no, draw really? that out? No, I don't know. It's been a while. Maybe. It was eighty nine, so we could do a remake. Instead of this shit. But I was gonna borrow your under Tom season of the witch although while you were talking about it i was my opinion of it was sort of i kind of remember liking the witch in the cage and that bridge part like sorcerer Mm -hmm. i remember thinking that was better than anything in last witch hunter so it can't be my under so my new under is practical magic with sandra bullock practical magic awesome it's my least favorite witch movie so, Which movie? Nicole Kidman. How does uh, in that movie? Uh, how does Sandra Bullock compare to Rose Leslie? Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing if Rose Leslie floats. One, two, three, me, you me. Got one eighty degrees, and I'm cold in between. Counting one, two, three, feet apart, and free. Getting down with the heat, and Poor Rose Leslie. I was so excited when about? she showed up in this she, movie. She is so great. I love her so much. But she's getting a lot movie, of work. She's happy for her. She seems like we're trying to plug her into a Kristen Stewart role, um, and she can do so much yeah. more than that. Oh, I like Kristen Stewart here, so. What? Wow. Like Kristen Stewart. Dingus. Yeah, That's I love so her in the, in, the, in the Huntsman movie. Oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> I think he's trolling us. I'm not. You know, you guys, we did the podcast on Snow White and the Huntsman. I loved her in that. Oh, she was. The, I thought you guys loved that. Yeah, she was the. I loved she the movie, the but yeah, she. Fortunately, she's not in the sequel because she. She was terrible in that. I thought. Uh, no, you guys I thought seen, she was perfect. Kristen Stewart did it. Anyway. She did a movie where she plays like a. Uh, uh, a prison guard at Guantanamo or something called. Is it Camp X-Ray? Have you guys seen that? Is it a porno? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, and yes. I think she's doing serious acting. It's a movie, I believe, called Camp X-Ray. You, you know? I don't oh, know. yeah, it's I think I serious. remember you... Didn't you do that as a worst thing you'll see all week thing? Oh, no, I've never seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, oh, I thought I saw a screenshot of that. But right. it's, it's Kristen Stewart doing serious acting. I believe. Is it her Sixar- Sicario? Like, she's the... Um, Oh, that's not the uh, – what's the weird drone movie you saw? That's called Good Kill with uh, uh, Ethan Hawke and – oh, who's the chick in it? That's anything with Jay Courtney. <laughs> who's who's Lenny Kravitz's daughter? Zoe Kravitz? Is that her name? Yeah, I think you're right. She's the in- one from first for, from the uh, uh, from the X-Men movie. Yeah, well, she, oh, right, right, exactly. She's in Good Kill. But no, Camp X-Ray, I'm not sure what it is. So, Kelly Wand, you'll have to see Camp X-Ray and, and let us know what it is. In the meantime, Dingus, what's this week's 3 by 3 Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This is 3 by 3 of your favorite calendars and calendar pages in movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kelly Wand, what is that reaction? Because you're going first, so why don't you tell us about your reaction and what your, what your number three choice is? This was the hardest topic we've ever done. I thought it was so fucking hard. I couldn't think of anything. I don't know what the fuck. Nobody uses calendars anymore, so there have to be period pieces right away. Because there's not in any movies. So I have like two and a half. Can't wait to hear that. Is this your half or your two? Yeah, let us know when you give us the half one. (laughs) You have to guess. It's like good writing, bad writing. Okay. Which was a tie? What? 
It was a tie. Yeah, I know. We'll have to the, the next the next contest we have of this will be the deciding one. Uh, you guys tied. Well, when when Dingus was like kvetching, like no, that was well, he said that every line. Like he like he said every line was good, and you said none of them were good until finally he guessed right. But like I was like, boy, listen to Dingus whining about that line, and then when I. When you said, "Oh, the iPad line's delightful," I was like, "What?" I know you thought it's like Dingus. You thought like, you had it in the bag, didn't you? But it, no, you no, know, you didn't. And that you're you're championing an iPad line about fly. Kelly Wan, I just think it's not a fly pad. <laughs> As they say, Kelly Wan, this is an important lesson for you. Pride goeth before the fall. Mm. Pride goeth before fall, Master Wayne. Let's say it normal. My number three calendar choice thing is in Close Encounters when they go to the find the planes at the beginning and they see all those like 1940s calendars. And that was the first time when I was a kid. I was like, calendars are fucking creepy. And like they always sort of creep me out. Where did they see 1940s calendars? I don't remember that. Weren't they in the planes when they were like checking to see if the planes were? Oh, like on the dashboard or something. I see. Yeah. Am I dumb? The plane dashboard. Why would a pilot need a calendar in his plane? To keep track how many days he's been at sea. But they don't sit in the (laughs) cockpit the whole time they're like on the carrier. Well, they sit in the cockpit when they're in the spaceship, so they have to see how many days. Dingus, can you corroborate that there are calendars in the opening parts of a Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Look, you two are the you two are the Close Encounters specialists. I can't. We're closer than. Encounterists. Yeah. I, mean, I don't they, think I've ever used it for one of these picks, and you two have used it multiple times. They do have to establish hey. at some point, and maybe Francois Truffaut announces it, but they do have to establish that these airplanes are from 19, whatever it was, like 50, whenever they disappeared. And that the aliens filled in the calendar spaces. That's <laughs> the aliens wrote, right. they wrote on the calendars? What did, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Easter coming up. Right, right. Uh, buy bread. Arriving Columbus, on Earth. Yeah. Columbus Return. Day. Take Barry. Right. Uh, <laughs> CG Roy Neary. Pretend to look like ice cream. Yeah. All right. My Fine number. Mountain. My my number three favorite calendar in a movie. You guys ready for this? Is the L yeah. is the LAPD. Uh, the movie is the Terminator, and it's when Michael Bean needs to know what day and what year it is. So he, year. he asks the LAPD, and this is a new kind of calendar. It is, it's voice-activated, by the way. That doesn't count. You Stop also it. need a, a motion activation, and it requires a gadget. You have to have a gun in your hand. You put it in the face of the calendar, and then you activate it with asking it, what day is it? Sometimes it doesn't work. In this particular instance, when Michael Bean is using the calendar and he queries the year, the calendar is inoperable. It does not, it does not see, it doesn't give him that information. Um, but it was a, it was an innovative use of calendars in a movie. It was the LAPD in Terminator? Ding. So you have less than two and a half then, because that's not a thing. Oh, that's are you pulling me over, Dingus? Oh, no, I'm not only pulling you over. I'm incarcerating you. There's no calendar there. You don't you don't think that the LAPD tells Michael Bean what day it is? Hey Tom, what day is today? What day is it? The date. Twelve May Thursday. What year? Sounds like a calendar to me, Dingus. So, Tom, what day is today? He did play a sound clip, Dingus. Well, first of all, Dingus, Tom, are you a calendar now? I am not in the. I am not in the LAPD, and second of all, I don't. I actually don't know. It's late. So you didn't bother. Late October. That's not a calendar. Nice try. Kelly Wan, are you going to let him incarcerate me? Kelly Wan, I want you to videotape this. Kelly Wan has no jurisdiction here. You just didn't bother. That's not a calendar. That's some guy asking some guy the date. 
That's not a calendar. I feel that the LAPD is a calendar in Terminator. Well, it's not. So, all right. Hey, listeners, Tom bought 20 tickets to Star Wars, so if you want to try and win one, just write them. Kelly one, it's called Star Wars The Force Awakens, and I'd thank you to give it its proper name when you talk about it. Uh, it's called Episode 7, <laughs> Queen of the Flies. Eh. All right, Dingus, what's even better than uh, the LAPD as a calendar? Dingus. You mean even you better, make... better than you not choosing something? Is... Yeah. I choose Terminator. Make... Yeah. That's not a calendar. I don't it, – asking somebody a date is not a calendar. Do you calendar. want me to play the sound clip again? Because I will. I, do. No, I want you to actually choose something, but if you want to play the sound clip again, that was an awesome moment. Okay, here's the sound clip again for the listeners. What day is it? The date. Well, May. Thursday. What year? Yeah, it sounds like a calendar to me. It does say Thursday like a calendar does. Yeah, that's true. So anybody who says a time of a day or a date is a calendar now from now on. Uh, that's dumber than anything I've ever said in a 3x3. Three three. Anyway, my number three, uh, the quote is this. Uh, that's weird. The thing has some, the same misprint <laughs> as that magazine. What are the odds of – so this is from the movie Idiocracy, and it's this, um, this awesome moment, weird moment, where uh, where – He's trying to figure out, and, he, and he's the smartest man on Earth at this point, but he still hasn't quite figured out that he's on March 3rd, 2505. And he has to have a triple confirmation to figure this, that this has happened. Um, the first thing that he figures out is when he's sitting there about to talk to his doctor uh, to get his diagnosis, he picks up a magazine called Hot Naked Chicks and World Report. Um, and the, the date on it is March 3rd, to. 2505 and he's like that's a weird misprint and then the doctor prints out his receipt and the receipt says March 3rd 2505 and he's like that's weird this has the same misprint as that magazine what are the odds of and then he turns over and there's that one of those page those page day calendars sitting right there on the desk of that doctor this huge thing it's so ridiculous and anachronistic for 2505 but perfectly fitting into the the idiocy of this movie and the fact that this smartest guy in the world needs three things to prove to him that he's in a totally different time than one year later when he should have been woken up from his army experiment is this huge march 3 2505 page a day calendar sitting there right there on the on the desk of that doctor. So that's it. Idiocracy. I'm sure that if he just asked the LAPD, that would have worked as well. Or the RIFD. Kelly Wand, what is your second favorite calendar in a movie? I think so far, by the way, your pick of Close Encounters, I think that's a full pick. We still have yet to see one of the half picks. By the process of elimination. Oh. So we're going to guess whether or not this is a full pick or a half pick. I was going to say... Uh... I thought, A, I'm surprised Dingus saw Idiocracy. I thought you guys were anti-Mike Judge for what? some reason. Don't, don't lump me in with that. I, I'm anti – Alpha Space doesn't work for me, but otherwise I love Mike Judge. How can you be surprised? I own the freaking movie, and I watch it – I've used it before. So I, I fucking love that movie. Hmm. My butt, okay. I butt fucker love that movie. Do you watch it when you bait? <laughs> um, don't even ask me because I'll just say baiting. Uh, it seemed that was the first time though when I saw Idiocracy where I started going. That seems a little implausible that they would know what year it was, like in the future of that society. Like there are two. There are two scenes that you know. There are a lot of scenes in movies when I'm when I'm like, I need something that'll make me laugh right now. 
And so when he's getting his tattoo, and that's, I think one of the times they used this was your tattoo uh, uh, thing. Um, not sure. When he's getting his not sure tattoo, and, and when he has to try to explain to the cabinet members that is that whole like electrolytes water like out of the toilet because it got electrolytes what electrolytes run because they need it in brondo why does brondo need that that whole sequence it makes me laugh every fucking time you don't live in a country where you know whose ass is farting dingus and why Uh, that's the best movie ever made. I agree with Tom and Dingus. My number two calendar is from The Trouble with Lou, that masturbation movie, where the guy's obsessed with masturbation. So he uh, he decides to give it up. So he has a calendar where he's crossing each day off, but he's going out with a girl who's also really into masturbation, and they go get ice cream, and then that's the day where... Um, she like gets the ice cream cone and then she just like swallows the whole scoop whole. And then there's like a shot of him like filling in the calendar, like with a full blank, a black square. Cause he like cheated that day after like weeks of not masturbating. So that's my number two. Appreciate trouble with Lou. Appreciate it's not a half guess. I mean, not a half choice. If that's one that, that you're considering that a full choice. Wrong. You're tied. Dingus, tell me, is this a choice? A uh, cop with gun. Uh, science fiction movie. I kept trying uh, to think of count, sound uh, clip. I couldn't think of those really those great moments in movies where somebody's like crossing something out on the calendar, uh, and I kept trying to think of that all week, and I couldn't think of any of that kind of stuff. I couldn't think of any of the standbys of like prison calendars that show transitions yeah. of time, or that or that thing that you just said. I don't even know of the trouble with Lou. So. Uh, yeah, you could have watched, I couldn't think of a thing like that. Damn it! Could have watched the Terminator. <laughs> I was assume though that the top you you were thinking of something when you mentioned the topic, like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the best one. Like this is the oh, killer. I was thinking of something when I thought of the oh, topic. Okay. The, right. the movies I'm talking about are the things I was thinking of. But I, I was struggling to even think of three. Of well, it was inspired by a movie that we'd seen recently. Um, but the, that moment you're talking about. Uh, where you're like xing out the days, I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's such a. And, and there's got to be like a Coen Brothers thing or something. Did you ever it, do that when you were a kid, where you x out the days? Because I used to do that. Well, yeah. But, well, I I'm one of these people who has a has a an actual paper calendar over his desk all the time and write stuff on it. I mean, that's, but you don't that's x out the I, days anymore. That's what. Kids no, I don't do, right? x out the days because I know when the day has ended. I mean, I figure that out. I can figure that out. I can do the right. math on that. Yeah, I was proud of myself. I don't need to ask somebody from the LAPD. Nailed it! Tuesday. Out of my life. Tom, what is your second favorite calendar in a movie? My second favorite calendar in a movie is the one that has a naked picture of Helen Mirren on it. This is from a genre oh. of this is from a genre of movies that I, I really can't bring myself to watch much anymore. And that genre is, hey, even though we're from. England slash Ireland slash the UK. We're really wacky and fun-loving and free-spirited. Movies like Full Monty, Calendar Girls, uh, and other such things. Um, Saving Grace. I don't know what that is. Uh, the lottery one. But in uh, in Calendar Girls, there's the, the naked pictures of Helen Mirren. Uh, I believe she's Miss October in the calendar that they make. But you know what? I'm picking the whole calendar and not just the October page. 
Wait, you don't like these the movie, but you're picking the calendar? No, this genre I'm kind of over. This hey, we're we're an uptight uh, like British society, right. but we're still wacky. We still got it. Yeah. Wait, but you're taking the calendar like, but I love the calendar. If or I have to, if like I have to pick, it's my second favorite calendar in amongst all movies. Movie. Yeah. He doesn't like the topic. <laughs> calendar don't worry himself. about it. What are you talking about? Oh, dingus! I finally picked a calendar, and you still don't like my picks. Oh my god! Yeah, never you, pick the, you pick the thing you don't like. It's okay. What are you talking it. about? I love it, dingus. You think I don't like naked pictures of Helen Mirren? By the way, have you guys? I think you've never seen the movie Calendar Girls, and you never will. No, no, I've totally seen it. Please. I've totally right. seen it. It's a uh, Julie, not Julie Christie. The other to Julie. Julie. It's a Julie Warner. Who's like who's a rival in that Christie. movie? Christie. No, it's not Julie Christie. <laughs> Julie Christie. I think it's Julie, Julie Christie. Warner. Helen Mirren. Who's the Who's the woman with? Oh, whatever. But no, I've totally seen it, and it's based. I don't be. I don't know if you guys know this. It's based. Is on it a any good? True story. I've never seen it actually. No, it's just it's, it's full Monty. It's full Monty for chicks. It's that full Monty yeah, for chicks. All right. yeah. Calendars are based on the actual like time, like how it works. Kelly, Wand, have you seen a movie with uh with Helen Mirren when she's like she's got to be at like twenty or something called Age of Consent, where James Mason, he's like a painter and he goes to live on this this tropical island, and and uh, a super young Helen Mirren is this free-spirited like local waif and he, he paints he paints nude pictures of her do you know what i'm talking about no but i'm gonna <laughs> all right uh <laughs> is it good i mean you're kind of interested in me because uh, like, age of consent yeah, is pretty I love good James like Mason because basically of eddie's eddie izzard's uh impersonation of him or impression of him in one of his comic routines I mean, Age of Consent is, uh, it, it's, I don't know if it's a classic, but it's its definitely, like, it might be Helen Mirren's first movie, but it's, like, she's totally like a bombshell in it. Uh, but it's its good because James Mason, the whole thing they're playing with is, is he, like, a weird, creepy guy, or is he just being altruistic? And it, what's their relationship? Is this maybe a Lolita, or is it... Right, or, or is, is, this, is this about a guy who's really a painter who, who appreciates her aesthetically and doesn't want to take advantage of her? Um... Yeah, I think Age of Consent is pretty good. It's may I mean, it's got naked Julie Chris or not Julie. It's got naked Helen Mirren running around in it. All right, and the one you can't me. remember. Sorry, there's wow. there's no calendars in it though. Damn, I'd do her now. Well, Kelly One Calendar Girls is a movie made for you. You should check it I out. I don't think you're alone, actually. You're that Tom. Uh, I'd, I'd buy a Helen Mirren calendar like a sex calendar if she made one today. But only if it was for 2017. I think she has said that she's not going to do nudity anymore. Sorry. In calendars or movies? In movies, yeah. Or or just, in photography. Just in Playboy, but starting in... Did, it, did, you, did anyone ask her the, the question for that first? Did she just walk up to a podium and say it? <laughs> uh, she did. She actually did a topless shoot in for, I think, something like the... Not the New Yorker. The James Mason. Yeah, it doesn't... No! She did what, Tom? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was doing uh, an impression of Helen Mirren. I think it's what is your second favorite calendar in a movie that's that's not as good as the Idiocracy calendar, but better. No, wait, that's better than Idiocracy, but not as good as your number one pick. All right, my number two favorite calendar or calendar page is uh, the the year is 1930. The day is September 14th. It is a Sunday. Um, and uh, the, it is from the movie The Untouchables from 1987, directed by Brian De Palma, of all people. And it is one of the great moments. Um, 
for anybody who's ever had to make lunch for another person, um, because there's this there's this moment where Patricia Clarkson is making lunch for Kevin Costner's Elliot Ness, and uh, this is the first day when he's he's going in for his first big bust as you know as part of this task force in Chicago. She makes him lunch and she pulls this calendar page. Um, it's from the Sunday, September 14th. She pulls it off the wall, and you see it very clearly. And she writes a note to him on the back of it, and she puts it into his lunchbox, or into his lunch bag, rather. Um, I like the idea of him with a lunchbox. Like, what, what's the branding on the lunchbox? Is it like a Hopalong Cassidy one or something? It's a Helen Mirren. Weirdly, it's Iron Man, which is it's a weird kind of branding thing. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so, so she puts it into his lunch bag with his sandwich. Uh, Iron Man's like a lunchbox, but um, but anyway, it pays off later on when they're about to do the bust, and he's sitting there, and they're doing the stakeout, and singing with the rookie cop who's been assigned to him, Elliot Ness is, and they're talking about uh, you know being ready for it for the for this bus they're about to make. Are you nervous? Uh, would you like part of the sandwich? You know it. You know my wife made me lunch. It's nice being married, isn't it? Are you married? Yeah, I'm married. Yeah, it's nice being married. Yeah. And he and he finds this note, and he unwraps the note, and it says, I am very proud of you, and, and this lovely little script that she's written on the back of this calendar page that she puts. And I, and I you know, I've done that kind of thing, and I, I know my son's mom has done that kind of thing for him in his, in his lunchbox, in his lunch bag, uh, where you write a little note on the calendar day, um, uh, so anyway, that, that untouchables thing where she rips that off the, the page of day calendar off the wall from 1930 and September 14th, boop, and she writes that little thing on the back. I love that thing. All right. Kelly Wan, what do you have that beats that? It's the best calendar of all time. And all. By the way, Iron Man is a lunchbox for, like, bears and sharks. <laughs> How long were you sitting on that? I, well, I didn't want to interrupt Dingus. I'm sorry. They're just trying to release us from our cages. It's actually only the second greatest one. So, Kelly, what's your favorite? My number one calendar in a movie is from Billy Madison. Um, it's like uh, Punch Drunk Love, but it takes place before. And he has to do all of his um, school time he has to redo it but he can only do it in a year so it's like he has to go through his school years like all 12 school years but in a single year so there's like a calendar but it's like a 12th of like what it would really be so it's kind of like um it's like a passage of time montage which is the first time i've ever seen that done in a movie using a calendar and you're saying that billy madison is an origin story for punch drunk love yeah wow i need to check that out I love that idea. Where does uh, Happy Gilmore work into that? That's who's calling a, a what's her name on the on the aliens on the phone. That's okay. the thing. And Bob Barker calling. is an alien. Yeah. And Paula Creed, Bridget Wilson, she's an alien. She's got to be. Look at them. Just look at them. All right, question? Billy Madison. That's my number one. Your number Billy one. Madison. My favorite calendar of all time, I have to apologize to Chris Markwardson because I wouldn't have thought of this if he didn't ask a question uh, in the comment section for last week's podcast, but my favorite calendar 
is the advent calendar from Bad Santa, but only after Billy Bob Thornton has gotten drunk. Uh. He's gotten drunk and he's tore out all the chocolate, but then he feels bad because it's the little kid's advent calendar and he's excited about opening a different door every day in December. So he feels bad, so he tapes it back together and tries to put stuff in there as little treats, and all he can find for one of the days is like candy corn. And the little kid likes like somebody messed with my advent calendar. And Bill Bob Thornton's like, let me see. No, it's fine. And it's clearly been taped together. And the kid opens it up and gets the candy corn. And Billy Bob Thornton's explanation is, they can't all be winners. Yes. So I love that little bit from uh, Bad Santa. Wait, that's my number one too. No, let's see. I have you down for let's see. What is this? Billy Madison. Yeah, sorry. I picked the wrong Billy. I said Billy. I just got them mixed up like you do with Veronica Cartwright and Jaden Smith. You can pick Bad Santa when we have our 3x3 three three of best wooden pickles. You can't just steal from Markardson after I stole from um, myself. I know, right? I feel bad because I wonder – he might have written in and picked that, so I might be inadvertently scooping – not inadvertently, advertently scooping uh, Chris Markardson. If he Markardson, let me steal from you next week. Yeah. For my topic. <laughs> thing is, what's the best calendar? Oh, wait. So, Kelly Wan, that is Billy Madison your half pick? Yeah. All right. Thing is, what's the best calendar of all time in movies? All right. My favorite one is from the movie Singing in the Rain um, from 1952. It is uh, the night they decide um, – the night that they decide that they are going to turn the uh, – please, what's the name of the damn movie? Um the Dueling Cavaliers. No, Dueling Cavalier in the musical. And this is this is the night that spawns the musical number Good Morning, Good Morning. And uh and this is the moment where um where Cosmo has, has told uh has col- told uh him God, Don Lockwood. That's who he's talking to. Uh Cosmo's told Don Lockwood that, hey, we should turn this into a musical. And finally, Don Lockwood, who's played by Gene Kelly, goes, yeah, uh, this is my lucky night. This is my lucky day. And he jumps up and he pulls the calendar off the wall. And it's, again, one of these page-a-day calendars. And one of the things I didn't realize until I really started researching this or looked at this more closely is I thought these silly page-a-day things were – uh, an invention of the 80s, something that you would like pick up at Costco or Barnes and Noble or whatever. But they they they're all over these movies. Um, and and he yanks this thing off the wall and he and he shows it and he says, "Fellas, I feel it's like my lucky day. It's March 23rd." And he shows it to them. And uh, and Cosmo, um, uh, who's played by Donald O'Connor. Um, jumps up and rips the page off, and he says, "No, your lucky day is the 24th, uh, because it's." <laughs> this is what makes me laugh, given sort of my way of life and the way I sleep and wake up. Um, he says it's March 24th because it's 1.30 in the morning. It's the next day. And they sing good morning, good morning. Like 1.30 in the morning is the time when you sing good morning, good morning, because it's a brand new day. Um, and I just, I, every time I watch Singing in the Rain, which is something I watch a lot, I've used it a lot on these picks because it's a movie that's near and dear to my heart. But I love this moment, uh, and I used it for the frame game thing and because you can see the calendar coming off the wall 
and you can see him choosing which page to choose between March 23rd and March 24th. Um, uh, I just love that little thing that it, it's it's one thirty in the morning. It's an it's good morning. Now we can do the good morning song, and you can still go home and sing singing in the rain that awesome song as if it's nighttime still. Um, so anyway, it's the it's the transitional calendar between March twenty third and March twenty fourth and singing in the rain. Kelly one, none of Dingus's picks were half picks. We don't. We can't verify any of them. They're from movies we haven't seen. I know, right? Oh wait, no, we've seen Untouchables in Idiocracy. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. You both Kelly seen Wand. Singing in the Rain. Come on. Uh, I haven't. Kelly Wand. Also, Iron Man is a is a lunchbox for zombies. <laughs> uh, Dingus, what do the listeners have for their favorite calendars? All right, we have um, Arthur Jovan and Jelly. Uh, had a brutal time with this, but came up with something, sort of. Number two, Mr. Holmes. A doctor gives an aged Sherlock Holmes a small calendar and asks him to make an X on a day when he cannot remember something. A hard task for a man whose memory was once so great. And Arthur's number one choice, Snowpiercer. Since the last living humans have been forced to live on a train which takes one year to circle the Earth, the passengers have started to use the landmarks the train passes as a makeshift calendar. There is one major scene that makes it clear just how important this method of timekeeping is to to the train's residents. I've never seen Snowpiercer. Uh, Should I? Uh... Uh, you won't like it. And there's yeah. something in it that's really annoying. There's, it's kind of an annoying movie. Well, Tom basically told me it's a, it's not, it's a not for you movie. Not for you, Dan. Yeah, yeah, it's not for you. I'm with Tom on that. Right. I don't know. Uh, next we, next we have Miss, uh, we have Chris Markinson. Hey guys. I'm, pr- I'm worried I'm going to be in trouble on this one. Uh oh, here we go. I'm afraid my choices aren't very good. Number three, the advent calendar from Bad Santa. Oh, sorry, Chris. Uh, yeah, it, but it, to be fair, it was my number one pick. It's only his number three pick, so I feel okay stealing it. And you both picked it, I think, honestly. You know, the scene like with the calendar stuff. was removed from the director's cut. What? But, but the advent calendar that the kid whose character name was Thurman Merman has reminds me of the Santa Claus advent calendars I got as a kid. I didn't know it was removed from the director's cut. Wait, the so whole sequence? So is it only in Batter Santa? I don't know. I mean, I guess, that, why would they take Wait, it Wait, that's a crucial... I don't understand. Yeah. I love that scene. I love that. I mean, I love the pick that you made, Tom and Chris, because of that whole scotch tapey thing. I mean, that's such a great, sad, like, I'm trying to repair... So, I mean, he's yeah, not Yeah, he's trying. But I right. love that uh, I'll fix something I broke because I'm an idiot kind of a moment i mean I, there, there's so much it's also good his lowest point when he does the when he eats when he goes bust into the calendar that's when he's a, kind of his nadir so it seems weird they would cut i don't even know what chris is talking about them removing it but there there is i mean i we have both versions of the movie there there's the regular cut and the batter santa cut so i don't know which is the director's cut by the Do you way, know, Tom? i don't i don't uh, but i that's it I, if it's not in the director's cut then screw that guy yeah. Uh, I. By the way, I'm going to predict that Chris Markinson, one of his other picks, is the Terminator. 
Chris Markinson. Number... Go ahead. I predict one of his picks is uh, the Mayan calendar from 2012. <laughs> okay. I actually talked about that in, in an example to somebody tonight who was asking about what the hell do you mean by calendars and movies? Uh, <laughs> so we were joking about different calendars and movies and the 2012 thing or Apocalypto, anything involving sort of the Mayan calendar, um, those types of things I made a joke about. So, well done, Kelly. I like I like you. Mm. Uh, so, Chris, number two, Terminator. In Terminator, the LAPD guy is a calendar because you ask him a date. Yep, it's voice controlled, motion activated. Hold a gun to him. Doesn't That's always work. Yeah, it. It may not give you the year. Sometimes you have to. It's like Siri. You have to like re-ask it several times. If you don't hold a gun, they won't tell you. Come on, just tell me what year it is. No. Right. Why should I? Yeah. All right. I'm holding a gun. Right. What date is it? A date is a fruit. No, what date is it? Bad Thursday what? Chris Markinson's number two is in Das Boot. The captain asks his number one to read the quotation on the calendar. The day in question is the 23rd, and the numbers are in black on white paper. The quote in the back of the 23rd is from... Cicero and reads, one can only be one's best when it seems unnaturally hard. I kind of feel like Wolfgang Peterson didn't really hit his stride until Neverending Story. <laughs> what if Michael Bean had gone, AM or PM? Chris Markinson's number one choice, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> it's such a nice advent calendar where instead of ripping off a piece of cardboard to get some chocolate, you simply open a little window to display the date in the picture. The use of the advent calendar is as nice as it sing signals a new day in the movie. Thanks, guys. Chris. Hey, I want to predict Chris Markinson's number one is um, 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> Not how predictions work. <laughs> oh. Plus he failed. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> when he was asking that in the in the thread, Tom, I thought for sure he was talking about Christmas vacation. Um, so I gave a I gave him a Christmas vacation quote. Uh, so uh, our last um, listener, we have had three submissions. This is Joey Brimhall, another awesome listener name, Joey Brimhall. Yeah. Hello, I have two. Number one, Jaws. What? Yep. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If there's a calendar in Jaws, I should be able to suss out what it is. Yeah, they pulled a calendar out of the tiger shark. This is Louisiana. Yeah, no, wait a minute. Where is there a calendar? Let's try to let's try to uh, get guess, guess what, what Brimhall is getting at. When is there a calendar in Jaws, Kelly Wand? Um, doesn't Brody throw a calendar into the shark's mouth and then he shoots it and it blows the shark up? Is it on the Orca, or is it during the meeting or something? Or is it maybe in Doesn't Quint's, like, little... Quint, it's when Quint smashes it, because they're like, when are we leaving? When are we going back? And he's Quint smashes the calendar. He's like, you're never going back. Man, all right, uh, Dingus, Joey Brimhall... Wait, doesn't Brody go, we're going to need a longer calendar? Joey, uh, Joey Brimhall's <laughs> definitely trumped me. I can't think of a calendar in Jaws. I can't wait to hear what this is. Go ahead, Dingus. Get, I, get, think uh, I think he's using it uh, metaphorically. Um, for both choices. So Joey's number one, Jaws, Amity Island welcomes you, 50th annual regatta, July 4th, 10th. 
Oh, Two it sounds like Joey is picking dates, which are things you find yeah. on calendars. Right. And things uh, that the so LAPD will tell you also. Exactly right. You could have, you could have asked the uh, Amity if PD under dress. if there was yeah. an AP. If, if, can you put out an APD? Um, citizens have photoshopped a shark into the town sign. He did not write photoshopped. Did he really? He did. That's kind of cute. Okay. Citizens have photoshopped a shark into the town sign. Uh, this is a great juxtaposition with the mayor explaining how important the summer season is to Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus. Wait, so the billboard's uh, a calendar? Number two... Calvary. Oh, I already like this as well. Brendan Gleeson spends three days putting his affairs in order, facing an imminent death threat. Each day is like a chapter and is titled with the day of the week. The three days start on Friday and ends on Sunday, similar to Jesus Christ. Joey picked great movies, neither of which has a calendar, though, but I like his picks. I do like his picks very much, and I appreciate him sending them in. Kelly, uh, that's oh, all we have. Kelly, Wan, are you ready for a real quick Jaws quiz? Jaws quiz. Kelly, Wan, what shoes are the culprits who spray painted the shark fin on the Amity sign? What shoes will they be hung up by? They're sneakers. Nope, they're Buster Browns. Yeah. Kelly, Wan, what is the name of the old lady who works for uh, Chief Martin Brody? Uh, Karen Hyglands. Nope, Polly. Kelly Wan, what is the name of the woman who broke Matt Hooper's harp? Uh, Mary... Oh, oh, oh. He might get it. Oh, my God. So excited. Mary Sue... Oh, he's tanking. Mary Beth. Oh, no, Mary he's not going to make it. Oh. Kate. Mary Allen... Oh. Mary Allen Moffat. Yes, Kelly Mary, Wan. Ah. Mary Allen Moffat. N- nice, Kelly Wan. I was so worried for you. Uh Kelly Wand also uh Iron Man would be like a lunch, legs. Iron Man would be like a lunchbox for some of the characters in Eli Roth's Green Inferno. Just so you know. The monolith is a lunchbox to Hal. What? Now you've oh. now you've jumped the shark. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't I don't You know what I'm taking away your point from the Jaws game. <laughs> You're back to zero. What? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> for saying that can I still go to this? Can I buy your 20th Star Wars ticket? Kelly Wan, you can tell us if you have any runners up for favorite calendars in movies. Um, yeah, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> Dingus, you must have some runners up. No, I don't have any. All right, so Kelly Wan, you know it's time for you then to tell us what is next week's 3x3. Three three. We're, we're all waiting. This is, gonna, this is very exciting. What will Kelly Wan come up with this time? Well, Dingus's was so hard, and so was his topic. That I decided to do something easy for a change to kind of lighten the mood and clear the air. So the next week's 3x3 three three topic is three movie titles that don't make sense. If you have ideas on what doesn't make sense in a movie title, you can send your submissions to 3x3 at quarter to three, spelled phonetically, dot com. With the dot as a period, and then um, I Tom, guess I'll... did you want to ask Kelly any questions about this? Oh, did you have questions about the topic or the address, the email address? Not really. I mean, I guess I sort of know what he might possibly be attempting to go for. I'm trying to do something fun and light. I'm trying to ease up the tensions in the room. 
trying to settle things down, trying to like lighten the mood. Well, I can tell you one thing. I won't be picking the Terminator because that title totally makes sense. Yeah, he does terminate uh, the wrong people, but like Star Wars, I don't think makes sense. Yeah. That'll be my number one. So if you want to submit my number one to three x three at quarter to three dot com, because it's like the stars themselves aren't fighting. That makes no sense, right? Yeah. A also, point. a close encounter of the third kind. It's not that close, necessarily. And did and also the Jedi the, ever return? No. Where they, there, there well, yeah, where did they even go to? Yeah, and in Force Awakens, when Han goes, we're whoa, home. Whoa, 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 spoilers. Wait, hey, whoa, hey, hey, hello. what? Yeah. What? Oh, the trailer. He's oh, up trailer. there, Buster. He's up there. Yeah. Buster Brown? Yeah, I'll, I'll hang you up by your Buster Browns. Yeah, clearly. And was he Jaws, the last witch hunter, or are we going to have more of them coming along? Jaws the Revenge, it wasn't really revenge, was it? Kelly, what are we seeing next week? Next week, we're seeing Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, starring Steven Spielberg as the director. Yeah. Uh, so see that. Uh, join us for the podcast. Um, and join us for our 3 by 3 of... Uh, I've already forgot. Oh, titles that make no sense. Send in your picks. We'll, we'll read them on the air. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by... Christian Malinsky. <laughs> it's Christian Morosky. And we also had... Kelly Wand. Yeah. What do you think of that? This is my heartbeat song and I'm gonna play it. Been so long I forgot how to turn it up, 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 up all night long. Up, up, all night long. Uh, uh. Kelly Wand, I'll give you your Jaws point back if you can name the artist of this song. Angela Bassett. Nope, sorry, you lose your point again. As a matter of fact, I'm taking away another point. You're at negative one in Jaws. Kelly got his groove back. I know Howard Short Jaws. Give me another, give me a triple or nothing. I think it's Carrie Underwood. Or no, it's, I forget if it's the Carrie Underwood version or, yeah. I'm going to go with Carrie Underwood. I thought I thought Carrie Underwood was Sarah Jessica Parker's name in Sex and the City. One means nothing. Two, a coincidence. Three means trouble. Hmm. Wait, that's a calendar? <laughs> what day is it? The date? 12th. May. Thursday. What year? 